Welcome to Royals Review Radio. Um, I'm your usual host here, uh, Sean Newkirk, uh, joined tonight by our editor-in-chief, the overlord, Max, uh, Max Reaper. Max, how are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? And then, uh, of course, our East Coast correspondent, uh, Josh Ward. Uh, Josh, hey, what's up? What's up? So, so, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. At, at what point do I... Just start being referred to as a co-host. Yeah, you know what? You need to be... Like, at what point yeah. do I take over for Matt? Yeah. yeah he's, well, uh, he's, he's an absentia. He's uh, uh, missing in action, I think. Yeah. No, he's... Uh, whenever I can't think of what it is, but when... There's a word for the government. They take your property if you don't claim it after, like, seven Imin- years. Eminent domain. Yes, right. No, not... In, well, close to that, but... Yeah. Unclaimed um, property? Yeah, but that's what you are at this point. That or you're my... You and I are uh, whatever um, common in law or whatever is where you're together for seven years and then oh, you're yeah, automatically you're, you know, you're common common yeah, law common law marriage. So that's what you could be. So yeah. So introducing to World's Review Radio listeners uh, the new co-host uh, Josh. <laughs> Josh, how's it going? I'm doing fantastic, Sean. Cool. So you're doing fantastic. Max is doing fantastic, but the Royals aren't doing fantastic. They are currently losing um, to the Nationals, and they're probably most likely going to lose tonight, and they are now likely going to be 500 pending the outcome. Um, I know the season started off on pretty high hopes, uh, got out to a pretty nice little lead, first place in the division, and best record in baseball, I think, at one point, um, other than just when they were 1-0. But things have kind of fallen, you know, off the rocker there a bit. Um... Anybody have hot takes on what's going on or kind of – I know that, you know, we haven't podcast in a while and we've beaten things to kind of to death on, you know, the website. But any kind of fresh takes or just any kind of general thoughts and observations that you've seen? I know, Josh, you maybe mentioned something when we were talking earlier what's going on. Wait, which which part? About them walking everybody? Yeah, just kind of general stuff if there's anything well, you think that sticks out. I mean, the like offensively speaking – uh, nothing is happening. Uh, that's basically the long and short of it. I mean, Lorenzo Cain is struggling. Alex Gordon is struggling. Uh, Salvador Perez is not necessarily struggling in terms of power, but he still doesn't get on base. Uh, and Alcides Escobar's OPS, I think, is around 530, which is... Basically unheard of for you know an an everyday you know player, let alone one who um, bats leadoff. Yeah. So uh, offensively things aren't going well, but last week the pitching also um, kind of had a pretty a pretty down week across the board. Um, I know Chris Medlin you know had his weird no hitter type thing going on. He only gave up one run, but he also walked five guys. Uh, Jordano Ventura, I think, walked six six. last week. And um, I'm going to forget who it was, but somebody else walked four guys. Didn't Volquez walk a bunch of guys last night? uh, Well, he gave up. uh, I don't know about... Hmm. uh, I don't remember what he did last night, but uh, last week he gave up 14 base runners, 12 hits. (laughs) Yeah, and two walks, and so it was actually just it. It wasn't even so much just the offense. Obviously, they didn't score, but the pitching also just kind of you know completely detonated uh, all over the place as well. So it's just been a really bad week across the board. Yeah. Do you think that? And you mentioned struggling. Um, you know, I don't even know if we could say Escobar struggling. Escobar has been doing this for the past year, year mm-hmm. and a half, but. When you look at maybe the two guys that maybe were the biggest hinges as far as, you know, the Royals are going to be good, in my opinion at least, were uh, Gordon and Kane. And I don't know. I mean, I'll say this. They're both over 30. Or I think Kane's 30 now, and I want to say Gordon's 31 maybe, 32. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, could it just be that they're this is their decline? Or do we think that they're, you know, they might not be this bad, of course. But, I mean, we might have to come to grips that, okay, this is just, I don't know. A little bit who they are. Is that too hot? Too hot of a take? I, I mean, I, sorry, go ahead, man. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's possible, but um, I'm, I'll give them more than a month. I oh think, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, we start writing them off. I mean, right now, what we're looking at is like their, their strikeout rate. Obviously, is way high. 
uh, you know, Gordon over 30%. Uh, I think I saw he's actually, he's like fifth in the league in, in just whiffs, like uh, pitches that he swung yeah. at and missed. Um, so he's, you know, a lot of this just could be not seeing the ball well early in the year. Um, you know, small sample size caveats. Um, so, and then Lorenzo Cain, the, he looks off. I mean, he looks like he's trying to do too much of the plate. He's got a long swing and, um, you know, he's been tinkering with the swing the last couple of years. So it's going to be a thing where, you know, he just needs to work on some mechanics. Is it, po- you know, is it possible that they are just getting up there in age and, and maybe they're slow on these pitches and, and can't keep up with them anymore? I mean, it's possible, but, um, uh, you know, I'm, my hot take is that this is a good team that is going through a slump, and I'm not going to panic about it because people were panicking and jumping off bridges last September when the team lost a couple games, and people were freaking out about them blowing home field advantage. They had a stretch last year at the end of May when they went to Chicago to play the, the Cubs where they went 2-9 and nine over an 11-game stretch and averaged two runs a game over that stretch. So this is what good teams can do sometimes. Um, it's, it look, it's looked ugly at times, and but... You know, people are making proclamations like, "Oh, this team doesn't look like they did last year." Or, this this team's given up, and you know, I, I, that's to me that's just silly. Over 162 games, good players will have stretches where they look bad, where they have bad slumps. I mean, Bryce Harper and the Washington Nationals really—they weren't playing particularly well coming into this series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mike Trout and the Angels weren't playing particularly well when they played the Royals. Maybe the maybe the Royals hitters need to play against the uh, Royals pitchers. I don't know, but uh, um, you know, I think it's just a slump, and I think. I think they'll snap out of it. Now, the, the question is, will they snap out of it enough to kind of back get back to the level they were at before? Because, you know, it's May now, and Kane's OPS is, what, under 600, I think? Yeah. So, um, 596. I yeah. So, I mean, will he, will he get a going, going Going into tonight, I should say. 597. So, I don't, I don't know. What, do you guys see anything with, with Kane and Gordon to... To kind of diagnose what's what's up with them, or is it just like a slump, or do you think it is age? Yeah, I wrote a lot last what last week I want to say last Thursday um, on Kane, a, a pretty big kind of piece as far as time intensive wise. Uh, it's just a lot of red flags, and they're not like the sad thing is that there's not like we knew what the issues were, but we don't know what's causing the issues, and the only thing that kind of could cause the issues as far as, and there's no evidence of this necessarily, but it's age. That's the only thing where you could be like, okay, he's whipping a lot. He's um, not in for power. He's, you know, bat speed is slow on fastballs because he's whipping high on fastballs. They're, you know, he's swinging out of the zone. It's just all these things add up um, that make you think it's either his old, his age, which he's not that old. So that that's just kind of the, the one that maybe sticks out the most, and then the other one would just be injury, but man, he doesn't seem which, injured. Which he know. popped up in Jeff Zimmerman. Jeff yeah, Zimmerman has right. kind of a formula to kind of estimate who's playing with an injury, and Lorenzo Kane popped up on his list today. So Yeah, fairly, yeah that's, that's possible. High. And people have suggested that, too. So yeah, yeah, I mean, in regard to the Jeff Zimmerman list, um, based on his you know scoring system, any anybody that's at like a 100 or higher is you know, has all of the factors or symptoms or whatever you want to call it of, of playing through an injury. And yeah. Lorenzo Cain was at like a 168. And Gordon is on that list as well, I think, yeah. um, from what I can recall. So, and, of course, it doesn't help that as all of this is happening, the White Sox are destroying right now, The you know, all their opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're winning right now as well. So, yeah, right. it's, just, it's just kind of that perfect slew of storms. And it's, it's, it's sadly... If Pakoda could ask for like a better circumstance, it, it's going on right now. Nobody's really injured. Uh, you know, all the older guys are playing a little bad. You know, Escobar's not a good leadoff hitter. You know, it's, it's just like all this slew of stuff. If Pakoda was ever going to be like, "Yep, we told you so," this is kind of going perfect for them so far. Or I it. mean, if there's if there's one thing that 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 makes you, I don't know, either somewhat hopeful or somewhat skeptical i guess it could go either way is that the uh the sync the sequencing on royals hits this year has also been you know drastically different from the last definitely two seasons at least so they're not uh i mean they're something like something very small for a number that's way too big (laughs) uh with like hitting with runners and scoring position over the last you know, ten ten games or something. It was something like four for twenty eight or something like that. Yeah, and overall, just, like last year, they were second in the league at two eighty one with runners in scoring position. This year, they're 
second to last at 204. So that, that'll make a big difference, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of reminds you a bit if you want to talk about kind of the sequencing against the projections, which is ultimately kind of what that comes down to. Um, it kind of reminds you a bit of the Orioles, where the Orioles were, were projected to be bad for, I want to say, two straight years, might be three straight years. And they just completely outdid their projection because of sequencing. And then last year, um, it caught up and there were a 500 teams. So that's kind of one of those where, yeah, I mean, it's what's happened and what's kept the Royals good for the past couple of years just mm-hmm. isn't there this year for whatever reason. And it's, you know, you kind of wonder if that's something. And I didn't notice, are the are are the strikeout rates up at all for the Royals this year? Or are they still at the, let me take a look, because obviously what? sequencing, a big part of that is putting the ball in play. And if they're not putting the ball in play as much, that's a good question. Uh, well, stri- strikeouts are up overall in the league. Yeah. But, and, and the Royals are up significantly. Um, that's what I was thinking. Okay. But I, mean, but I mean, they're still below league average, but they're not. Oh, really? I mean, last year they were like way, I mean, by far the best contact team and this year yeah uh, you know they haven't been and then a lot of that's Kane and Gordon and I think Morales too and Morales and and, and Perez yeah yeah so yeah they're at third they're basically tied for third lowest strikeout rate at 19 percent so they're actually doing yeah you're right strikeouts are up but they're they're not you know going crazy they're still at the bottom they're the top uh portion I guess you should say and really they're kind they're kind of team that needs to be bottom of the league by a lot to succeed because mm-hmm. they don't have, you know, I know Moose is off to a great start, but yeah. they don't really have the home run hitters to get guys home and, and they don't draw walks at all. I mean, they're still, um, you know, near the bottom of the league and walks drawn. Uh, actually, I, only the Moneyball A's are behind them in uh, walk rate, oh. which is ironic. But, um, you know, so they need to put the ball in play and, and so these... You know, even though they're doing okay strikeout rate wise, they really need to be outstanding in that department, and they haven't been. Yeah, they're they're twenty sixth in isolated slugging, um, and then they're actually not that. Oh yeah, and then they're pretty middle of the packish. Actually, yeah, they're like twentieth in in slugging. So yeah, there's they don't have the power, and it's never been a theme for them anyway. But yeah, they need to put the ball in play. And kind of speaking of Astakis, um, you know, he was hot to begin the year last year. But, uh, you know, what do we think? Is anything really kind of changed with him necessarily? Or I think, what is he, 27 now? And this is kind of prime-ish breakout uh, period for him. Um, does it seem like this is something, maybe not this sustainable, but is it something that, you know, we can foresee? Or is it maybe like last year where he started off hot and then, you know, second half he kind of stopped being oppo moose as much? Well, he ended up, he ended last year really hot. September was a really good month for him. So, um, I, I'm, I've been pretty impressed with how he looks so far. I think uh, he's actually been a little bit bad, but unlucky. I think his bad was down like a 260 or 270. It's 220. So, it's way 220. Down. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and it's and it's and it's not pop ups either. I mean, he's he's hit some balls <laughs> to deep left field that have been caught. You know, balls. He scorched some line drives that have been caught. So you know, I I'm I've been pretty impressed with how he's looked so far. He um, seems to have a pretty good approach to the plate. Still not walking a lot, but um, he you know when he does hit the ball. He's hitting it to all fields, and he's hitting it pretty hard. So, yeah. you know, I don't think he's going to hit, you know, he's not going to break Balboni's record or anything like that. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 25 home runs this year and, um, you know, gives him kind of an all-star caliber uh, level at third base. Because um, right now he's the only guy that really looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. At the plate. Even Hosmer, you know, Hosmer's hitting well by the numbers, but when you see him up there, he doesn't look like he's, he seems like he's still kind of guessing at, up at the plate. And, yeah. Uh, he's getting kind of a lot of uh, ground balls that are finding holes and right. bloopers, and I still don't feel totally comfortable with him as a hitter, uh, as a you know guy that's dependable driving <laughs> yeah. a run. So. Yeah, if I see any more Hosmer singles, I'm going to just rip my hair out, man. That's <laughs> his uh, all his ground seen. ball rate was somewhere around 60%. Yeah. Which is, that's that's a recipe for, for, bad, for, for a bad time, yeah. especially when you don't have You're not you know, D- Dyson speed. Yeah. Um, and especially when it's coming, you know, from what is presumably a power guy hitting fourth in your lineup. Um, and, oh man, Jason Worth just, just homer. Yeah. Homer. Yeah. He's on Mustakas at his current pace is on a seven and a half win season pace, which would be yeah, know, and, above and, court. And, yeah. And I'll, I think he'll fall off from that. Um, yeah. I think, I think you'll see his, if anything, What's funny is that I think his average and his on base is probably about where you 
probably would say that like his true talent level resides yeah. somewhere between like two fifty to two seventy, um, with an on base somewhere around like three ten to three twenty. Um, but the slugging percentage is is probably a little elevated from where you would think it is. I don't think he's a a five fifty no. slugging guy. Yeah. He's probably more like a four eighty or a four ninety thereabouts. Like in his in his best you know, in his yeah. best seasons. Um but it's 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 good. It's it's encouraging because all of his you know, all of the things that you would want for him to, you know, be doing well at, they're all He's you know trending in the in the right direction. His line drive percentage is basically what it was last year. Um, he's hitting fewer fly balls. His infield fly ball rate is down. Um, his pull percentage is actually only slightly higher than it was last year. Last year it was about forty percent. This year it's at forty two, uh, which at this point in the season is like a hit <laughs> or two. Yeah. Um, and the fact that his BABIP is, you know, about 40 points lower than his, you know, career norm. Uh, so maybe he might hit for more average, but probably for less power <laughs> over the rest of the season. Yeah, it's really weird to see. And he's never been an on-base guy, but, I mean, he's got as of, well, he's out. So he's not going to be, it's going to be as of tonight. Um, he's got mm-hmm. a 142 WRC+. plus. But he's got a 317 on base percentage, which, I mean, 317 is not a very good on base percentage, yet he's still on pace for a seven win season, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like, that's Nolan Arenado territory where it's just all power, no really anything else necessarily. And he, he's also getting, he's getting high marks for his defense yeah. early, early on this season. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily need him to be, to be a seven win guy. Except for the fact that half of the other lineup is going to be lucky to scrape, you know, like a win. Yeah. Based on their offensive performance so far this year. So I'm I'm encouraged by Moustakis. I'd, l- I'd like to, you know, give it another month or so to see if he can, you know, kind of keep it going. Because both Hosmer and Moustakis have had, even last year, had periods of time where they would just kind of disappear. You know, for four to six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Max, is Hos- there anything? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Hosmer does it more consistently, uh, or at least it's more noticeable when he does because he just you yeah, know, ground balls to second, <laughs> get repetitive. So we'll see. I I'm I think Mustakis. I'm not I'm not ready to say that like he'll you know sustain the success he's had right now, but. Um, Another, you know, three and a half to to four and a half win season, I don't think is out of the question. Yeah, he's not a 142 WRC plus. I mean, he could, you know, I could see a 120-ish, but yeah, I don't don't see him um, doing kind of that. Max, is there anything, you know, and even Josh, I know we're a month in. Is there anything that you would, if you could change or any kind of, regret is the wrong word, but in hindsight now, is there anything you could be like, okay, you know, at this point, I know we still have, you know, four months left in the season, but at this point I would definitely change this. Um, no, I mean, like I said, I'm still kind of of the view that you kind of have to let things play out. And I mean, look, it's not like there's any one guy that's not doing well and that's setting everything else off. I mean, there's three or four guys that aren't playing well in the, in, in hitting well, really specifically that, um, you, you know, you would expect would come around. I mean, Lorenzo Cain, you know, even if he might not be as good as he was last year, he, he's better than this. I mean, he's better than a you know, five-whatever OPS. Alex Gordon um, is probably not going to be hitting 200, um, you know, by the end of the year. I mean, these are guys that, you know, Kendrick Morales, there's a possibility he's washed up and he puts up his 2014 numbers, but I think more likely, while he may not be as good as last year, he'll put up numbers maybe closer to that than 2014. So these are guys that have proven track records that I think, Gotta let things play out a little bit that, and give them some time to work out the slumps. But yeah, um, you know, I don't know if there's one move that one or two moves that you would take back. I mean, Ian Kennedy's looked pretty good. I know a lot of people are on Walkin Walkin Soria for not pitching well to start the year, but you know, he's another guy with a, a pretty good track record uh, who had a good season last year. That I you know, I think will eventually will look back at his numbers in April and, and kind of chuckle because he had a good year. So yeah, I I. I, like I said, I, I'm kind of a stay the course kind of guy. But sure, Josh, we'll any, any thoughts from you? Uh, I don't. I mean, 
The only thing I can really point to, and it probably doesn't even really matter in relation to the team struggling right now, is I still would have liked to have seen them bring in, um, you know, another starting pitcher to compete for that Chris Young, Chris Medlin spot in the rotation. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't really think there's much that I would, you know, point to and say, like, well, you obviously could have done this differently or you could have used this guy in this way instead of, you know, um, (laughs) Gerard Dyson not getting hurt. For the yeah. first three weeks, if I could change that, I guess I would. Um, or not, you know, for the first, like, two weeks. He was hurt for, you know, spring training or whatever. Um, but no, I mean, maybe playing Drew Butera more often. <laughs> not that he's, you know, <laughs> going to have a, a 1,200 OPS for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, I... I really, I mean, Salvador Perez is is staring down the barrel of four straight years of decline, and there's really no reason to think that that has anything other to other anything other to do with the fact that he is, um, you know, playing 140 games and has gone through two rounds of, you know, playoffs, including, you know, starting every game of every playoff game since, you know, in 2014 and 2015, which, you know, totals an extra, I don't even know, 22, 23 games, something like that. 20 games. Yeah. And they gave more money anyways. uh. Yeah. I mean, I wrote about that. (laughs) I wrote about that when it happened. I I, think, uh, I think most people on Royals review are the more kind of, you know, stat, friendly side of things kind of were, right. were very against that which i don't know yeah makes sense yeah i mean yeah. i i could understand guaranteeing the years that he had yeah. and if you wanted to give him a raise i could even you know as a sign of good faith or goodwill especially towards you know showing other players that you know the team is actually invested in yeah. you know who they who they sign and things like that i was i was pretty on board with that but the whole extension part of it was just that strikes of a contract that's going to get pretty bad pretty quick. Um, the good news is is that they don't have to get much value out of him for it to be valuable. Sure. The bad news is uh, is that I'm afraid they're going to keep you know putting him fifth or sixth or seventh in the lineup consistently when you know he shouldn't be there. So speaking of lineup uh, order, I think. I don't know. I mean, can we say the Alcides Escobar leadoff is just not a good idea at this point? I mean, it, yes. you know, it really wasn't ever to begin with, but there has to be zero evidence left to saying that it's a good idea. Even if you want to take all the quantitative and just go pure qualitative, there's mm-hmm. no way he should be leading off. Well, and the funny thing about that is, uh, you know, we talk about Alex Gordon and how much he's struggling on offense right now. Uh he would still be a better leadoff hitter than Alcides Escobar has been this year. Sure, yeah. He's second on the team in on-base percentage. Yeah. He's hitting like 200. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's an indictment of kind of the Royals for yeah, their ability team. to draw walks. But, you know, it's also says something about Alex and his ability to get on-base. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's hitting 205, and his WRC Plus is about 30 points higher. Than Escobar's right now. Grant, I mean Escobar has two hits tonight, so yeah, that is. I but think that's they, that's raised his OPS by like thirty points. Are something. they all singles? I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention. Anyways, but that's busy. kind of uh, too busy crying. Yeah, they're two singles, but that's the th- that's the thing with Escobar. It's always, I mean, just zero power. He's got a three hundred nine slug. His, his slugging percentage is probably going to drop below three hundred here soon. Um, What's kind of funny, too, is that, you know, last September when they were kind of struggling, they did bump Escobar out of the leadoff spot, bumped in the nine, and they used Zobras for a couple yeah. games, and then Alex Gordon. And then they did that for, like, all of ten games, and that was enough for Nedios to say, yeah, we're not winning still, uh, uh, yeah. time to give that up. Yeah. We're 26 games into this season, and the team, you know, isn't mm-hmm. playing very well, at least the last couple of weeks, so... You know how much longer? Now maybe he'll say, you know, well, there's a longer track record with the Esky leading off. We won a World Series with it. Oh, that's fine, but I mean, at some point you gotta 
you know, is this is this a thing where they, you know, how long do, are you going to ride this this horse when it's clearly not working? Uh, you know, and it's, let's be fair too. Also, the Royals aren't losing because Escobar's leading off. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, Alex Gordon leading off would not make Lorenzo Cain a better hitter all of a sudden, most right. likely. Right. Um, but you know, when you have a lineup of this many guys not hitting, you got to get you got to squeeze every ounce of productivity out of that lineup as you can. When you have a guy getting on base, what twenty six percent of the time, twenty five percent of the time, yeah, that's, that's not uh, maximizing your potential there. So, yeah. particularly uh, when he's hitting in front of the, you know, two hitter, the two batters that are actually hitting currently. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Mike Mustakas has seven home runs and eleven RBI. <laughs> that's uh, uh, yeah, that's just not. Uh, oh, I didn't not notice any RBI opportunities. Up there. Holy cow, I did not even notice that. That yeah, is I think insane. six of his seven home runs have been solo home runs. <laughs> I, all right. And yeah, with Escobar, you know, and he, when he does get on, it's not a walk; it's a hit, and it's you, you know, it's a it's a sharp single. You know, he'll have a he'll have a two for four night, and then that will have bought him. Well, now he's three for four. Um, he'll have a three for four night. Now he, you know, now he's catching on fire. Now he's just bought himself an extra three four weeks of leading off. Mm-hmm. So bless Ned's heart, I guess. Um, What's funny so, about his profile is that he's not even, you know, necessarily being unlucky. <laughs> drastically unlucky. Yeah. I mean, his his BABIP right now is two seventy six, and uh, his career is two ninety seven. So, right. and he doesn't hit the ball hard. I mean, that's the thing. When you don't hit the ball hard, you know your BABIP's going to fluctuate. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you guys did. You guys see that piece by Jesse Newell in the Star about how uh, pitchers are throwing him different pitches now? Like, I guess last year, you know, we were all kind of surprised. Like, why does anyone give him a fastball early yeah. in the count? Like. Right. That should not. You should never ever do that. And now it looks like teams are yeah. giving him off-speed p- pitches early in the count. Uh, mm-hmm. he just got. He just collected his third hit of the day. So yeah. looks like he's leading off for quite a bit more. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, so I don't know. Like teams are scouting the Royals. And I heard them talking about that on the pregame show on eight ten. But maybe the teams are scouting the Royals better. Like before, they didn't really know how to attack the Royals, and now they've kind of figured out. You don't need to throw these guys strikes. They'll kind of get themselves out. Yeah. Uh, and and like, teams are wising up a little bit. Yeah. Similarly, isn't uh, Lorenzo Cain seeing a lot more fastballs this year? Um, I didn't. You know what? I should know that because I just wrote a thousand words on what pitches he's seen this year, and I don't recall. He's definitely hitting worse on those fastballs. Um, gotcha. But is he seen more? They are throwing him a lot more curveballs and sliders. Um, I know mm-hmm. that's for sure. And they're going further away from him, and he's. It kind of seems like same thing with Gordon. Slider away to Gordon, slider away to Kane. Just seemed like he's never ever going to hit those pitches. So why don't you only throw him that pitch? But um, they're definitely working him a lot more low and away. It seems like this year, and I don't think there's a much of an increase in fastballs. But. Funny that you mentioned that because they just threw Lorenzo Kane two straight curveballs. Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, and you know, Rourke here is. I remember in the third inning, we were like, all right, we're going to get him. <laughs> and now he's, you know, a ground ball away from getting out of, or, you know, being going eight innings. So that's great. Right. Um, okay. So we knew this was going to be a dreadful podcast kind of to begin with. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, there's just hey, not oh, that much to sorry, talk Sorry, I have to about. do the Ed McMahon since I'm the coach. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Matthew never did the Ed McMahon. I'll tell you that much. He, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, but, sir. So we have, there's at least some. In light, I don't know, some decent news, some fun news to talk about. Um, my man, Ryan O'Hearn, going to get the call up to double A where the real test begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can speculate at least that Hunter Dozier probably isn't long for double A, could probably see triple A, and especially since he's been playing uh, left field the past few weeks a bit on and off. He played left field there tonight. Um you know, it seems like he's probably going to get time up in AAA, whether it be in left field and um, Cuthbert moves over to first base or something. But, um, yeah, Ryan O'Hearn, uh, what do you guys think about that old guy, that that lumberjack? I'm a fan, too. I mean, I think he's got him and Chase Below are, like, yeah. really the only two power hitters, I think, have a chance to be, you know, big-time, middle-of-the-order guys. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of flaws to O'Hearn's game, but, I mean, when you talk about the Royal System – there's not a whole lot of guys that have put up the kind of productive, you know, consistent, sure. productive yeah. numbers that he has, and uh, and you know, you've had, you've seen him a lot uh, more than I have, at least uh, on video. Um, I mean, does he, does he look like a guy that's going to be that can, you know, will be able to come up and 
make those adjustments because you know, the big thing with getting moved up is, is making the adjustments. You know, yeah. the guys have better breaking stuff. Uh, you know, uh, they're able to change speeds and more than two or three pitches usually. Yeah. Um, uh-huh, does he seem like a guy that's going to be able to adjust, or is he going to, you know, kind of a guy that's going to max out at, you know, double yeah, A? Yeah, I've never seen him in person. I've seen basically anybody that's been to double A um, or Omaha I've seen, but I've never seen O'Hearn, obviously, because I'm not going to Wilmington uh, or Idaho Falls, literally the two farthest affiliates from Kansas City for the Royals. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of wrote in the comments uh, on Minda's article um, today about how you know Keith Law was kind of down on him, and then another guy that I know um, was down on him as well, and I, I see that concern there. Um, you know, he doesn't have like super impressive bat speed, and he's just he's a lot of strength. It's not like it's Joey Gallo out there, um, but you know he did cut his strikeouts down. I think I think his strikeouts dropped by almost ten percent, maybe not quite that drastic, but he's had a huge drop in strikeout this year, um, strikeout rate. So that's really encouraging. Uh, you, nope, you were you were it's, correct. He had done that. And yes, actually that's went right. Back up. It is back at twenty seven. Now I I just noticed it. Um, I remember he was doing well. So that's a concern. Yeah, he had he had five strikeouts in the last two games. Ah, okay. There's not a lot of good MLB players that struck out almost thirty percent in high A. Uh, but the good news for O'Hearn is that you know if he can drop that down to twenty four percent, twenty three ish, maybe even twenty five, as long as he hits for power, that's worth it. Um, he's, he's also lost some weight, I feel like, um, from what I recall from last year against this year, which kind of bodes well. He was never super athletic, but he was always a guy that, for a first baseman only, he moved decently enough. You know, he didn't kill you on the base bats. He wasn't, you know, Kendry Morales, Billy Butler, um, out there, but, um, he definitely isn't, you know, going to be an asset on the bases. So that's kind of one thing that it looks like he's a bit slimmer now. So hopefully that'll help him um, maybe not take away from power, but hopefully that'll help him kind of increase value. He's, you know, he's going to be a first baseman. Um, I I don't think you can move him to right field or left field. Uh, So he really, he's going to have to hit, but yeah, I mean, double A is really where the good prospects become, you know, good prospects essentially. Um, So that'll be really interesting to see the bump from single A to, or excuse me, the bump from high A to double A seems like it's been something that's killed, you know, Royals prospects for the past five, six years um, with Starling. And I think Dozier in his first um, bump there did pretty poorly. And then, of course, the next year as well. So um, I guess we'll kind of just see. But I don't know. I mean, Northwest Arkansas is a pretty good hitter yeah. environment. It's right. Like, he's, going, he's going from, like, the most extreme pitchers yeah. part to one of the better Hitting parks. Yeah, know, Frawley's know. awful for left-handed power, and it's pretty good that he's hitting that. And then uh, Texas League, at least um, Arvis Park, um, where North Arkansas plays, at least that. Uh, no, not Arvis Park, Whitaker Bank. Um, they are big on left-handed power. Uh, Montesi has hit some absolute moonshots from the left side yeah. um, this year. So, and that's it's. I think the whole Texas League might actually have a pretty good. Um, on left-handed power, so that's something that's going to be interesting to see uh, how he how he does there. So I don't know. We'll kind of wait and see. It's kind of nice that some of these kind of lower guys from last year, lower as far as uh, low minor guys, are sort of moving up. It's very pitcher heavy, so it's kind of nice to see Velo doing well, O'Hearn doing well, um, you know, Dozier's doing well. So it's kind of nice that hey, some of these bats are doing something. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. But, Starling's doing well. You know what? And that's let me see because I was actually just going to look that up. What is his WRC plus right now? Any idea? Uh, it's one forty three. Okay, I know he wasn't hitting for average. I know he's basically been a lot of power this year for the yeah. most part. Yeah, his uh, his average has gone up about thirty points oh, in the okay. last week or so. Okay, and and I mentioned this in my top sixty. Everybody thinks Starling's been awful. He hasn't been excellent, but. He's had what, and I'm looking at it, he's had one season sub-100 WRC+. plus. So he hasn't ever been terrible. He just yeah. hasn't been, you know, number five overall pick, you know, extremely good. So, um, Well, yeah, and that is true. And, you know, going back to O'Hearn for a second, I, th- I think his, his body type is probably the one thing that I look at that is maybe cause for concern sure. about getting too overly excited and you and you talked about it and you mentioned it and you know all those reasons are are basically the same ones that I have but uh it 
it's it's interesting because last year the system did so poorly yeah. acro- across the board yeah. that um, the fact that <laughs> the fact that so many guys are are succeeding or at least having success at this point. I mean, even even guys like Chesler Cuthbert and uh, Jorge Bonifacio and yeah. AAA are both you know performing uh, fairly well. It's it's funny because we've we've kind of gone gotten we went from last year wondering whether or not the Royals had you know an actual even just sort of a a, a prospect that might you know be worth something in the next eighteen months or so and then the first month of this season seems to be an indicator that there is not necessarily you know top flight you know depth in the system but there's at least enough there. Um, that you can reasonably consider that you know they'll be able to produce something of value, despite yeah. the fact that they, you know, traded five guys. Yeah, last year. So, and I've been meaning to write this article for a while um, with Manaya and a kind of good time with Manaya just being called up for Oakland A's former uh, Royals what, what a comp round pick or whatever supplemental pick um, mm-hmm. first round from a few years back. Who's the last prospect, like, you know, main prospect other than, I'm not counting Mondesi. Um, who's the last, like, big Royals prospect that's been called up? It seems like, you know, Twins debut Buxton, White Sox Rodon, um, Indians Lindor. You know, you've got guys in our division, guys in all of baseball, Correa, all, all these big, huge prospects getting called up. It feels mm-hmm. like Ventura might be the last big Royals prospect that's been called Finnegan? up. Finnegan, does he count? Yeah, or Finnegan. Yeah, maybe in Finnegan. That's, that's, that's reasonable, at least in... Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you see, there hasn't been like a, and even Finnegan was kind of lowered. Yeah, down towards the bottom, the top 100, I think. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. There hasn't been like a big, big time process. But it just feels like it's been a while since we've, I, you know, we were all super excited when Hosmer got called up, when Wustakis got called up, when we thought Will Myers was going to get called up. Um, so we, <laughs> we kind of had all this for a, you know, this nice stretch, and then it's like, man. Uh, I haven't seen anything for a while, so that's just something that's kind of been percolating in my head. That it's like, man, yeah, who's well, it been? I mean, part of that is, you know, just the price of success. Yeah, sure. When you win back-to-back American League championships and, you know, play in two World Series, there's at least a strong hesitancy to, you know, not want to change um, things too much. As as opposed to, I mean, the Indians, uh, as often as we think they're going to, you know... (laughs) Be, be successful yeah. because of that rotation and the fact that you know Fr- Francisco Lindor is the real deal. Uh, they continue to sort of spin their wheels on things, yeah. and it's 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 just it's just one of the things that comes with the territory. Now, obviously, over the next specifically after the end of next season, um, they're, they're going to have to start working in <laughs> some newer guys because uh, you know half half the team is is leaving. Yeah, in free agency. So yeah, so that's something that's just interesting, and that's it, yeah. It, but you know, it, I I think you're right, though. I think it is strange that like it's it's not even so much that they haven't debuted anybody. There's really nobody in the minor leagues right now that you would say is just waiting around. Yeah, uh, to make you know their debut. There's it, there's nobody in the minor leagues right now that is just sitting in AAA because his spot is being filled by right. Eric Hosmer or yeah. Lorenzo Cain. It would be great, or Jeff Francoeur in the case of Will Myers, but it would be great if, uh, <laughs> it'd be great if Zimmer, I mean, again, who, Zimmer might not even be alive at this, honestly. I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen a visual confirmation of this guy, but it's just, he is the guy that I could, I would have told you three years ago, maybe, that he would already be up in the majors by this point. That he'd be in the rotation. He's already thrown mm-hmm. 150 innings in a major league season, you know. But right. it's just, God dang, so many setbacks. I don't know. Anyway, so it's it's he's frustrating. Still not but pitching yet. I thought he'd be still not. I thought no. he'd be back by maybe early May, and he's still not. Oh man. man. Well, yeah. I mean, the they had him in extended spring training, right? And yeah. he threw. He was he was supposed to throw uh, an inning, like a, a simulated in a simulated game or something like that, and then they pushed it back two days and then the latest i've heard i think from jeffrey flanagan on on twitter was saying that they were hoping to get zimmer to double a by like the end of the end of the first week of may yeah 
So like this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and so he it's it's been a long <laughs> sort of yeah frustrating uh, continuation of injuries for him and. That's sad because uh, I I think you Sean you and I both agree that he was um, the number one prospect in the system, right? Oh God, I, I I thought he was he was one of my favorite guys, just pitchers in baseball, and he's arguably the if he was healthy, he would arguably be up there. Maybe not mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito, but he'd be up there as far as top ten, maybe even top five pitching prospects in all of baseball if he was healthy and he was you know who he's right. supposed to be. Um, yeah. And looks like May 9th, I just checked Twitter, looks like May 9th is when they're thinking for Zimmer to, to do anything. Um, <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to wake, get out of bed. I don't know. Um, well, so hey, that's one one that's, guy that could be pushing his way up, though, is um, Hunter Dozier. Like, you mentioned him a little earlier. Yeah. And, uh, I think we, he's your boy, so we got to talk about him a little bit. Like, he, oh, I mean, man. He's, he yeah, leads I, uh, all Royals minor leaguers with a significant amount of at-bats and OPS. Yeah. Seven home runs, leads the um, tied for O'Hearn for the organization lead. Uh, he's smoking the ball finally. Have you yeah. have you gotten a chance to see him at all? Yeah. Sure, watched, does, he look, does he look different as far as the swing? I've watched a couple games. I, I've i been super busy with studying and the like uh, that I haven't got to watch as much. And then I've been watching the Major League team. Um, but I know Clint Scholes uh, of BP Kansas City now. Um, he has extensively watched. I think he watches them almost every night. Well, not Dozier, but the Naturals almost every night. And obviously, they're probably the one team, if you're going to watch in the Royals minor leagues, it's going to be North of Arkansas, especially now with O'Hearn coming up. Um, Clinton mentioned that he thinks Dozier looks a lot kind of more relaxed at the plate. And I thought Dozier looks a little bit skinnier, too. Uh, maybe lost some size, which, you know, kind of in theory could help kind of bat speed and really helping him turn on pitches. So that's – I haven't seen him as much as I'd like to. I have yet to see him play left field as well. Every night I've watched him, he either DH'd or he, he hit third – or he played third base. Um, but, of course, that's changing slowly. So that's something else I kind of wanted to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I think it might be just a little bit of, you know, he's at plate appearance number 800 or something in A at this point. He's 24, I think. Um, so it's kind of one of those where it's like, yeah – Definitely encouraging. Glad to see him back. He has spent a lot of time in Double A, uh, more than you know we expected him to. So I'm kind of hesitant on if it's that and his age. But him hitting for power is great. Um, defense should always be there at third base. If he moves to left field, we'll see. So yeah, I mean he's definitely doing stuff that makes you be encouraged, and especially since we kind of know, maybe not know, but we have a pretty good idea of why he struggled in Double A last year with the changing of his kind of mechanics for the most part. Um, which almost universally everybody attributed that as the reason to, especially with the strikeout rates. And that's another thing where I, I actually am going to check right now what his strikeout rate is, um, because that's that's probably going to be for him the key indicator. 21%. 21%. So that'll work. Um, I think that's pretty close to maybe what he did in, in high A Wilmington. So uh, that, yeah, that was 21%. Oh, perfect. Uh, so that's that's exact. I mean, that's, that's what's going to work. Walk rate is up. It looks like it's 14%. So he's... For what we can tell, he's actually Hunter Dozier, but Hunter Dozier with more power, um, mm-hmm. which that's the big thing last year is that he tried to he tried to add more power, and then you know up goes the strikeout rates, down goes the average, up goes the fly ball. You know he just it wasn't working. So it's kind of nice to hopefully think that he's back to those old mechanics, mm-hmm. um, and that's hopefully what's fueling it. And like we kind of said, you know maybe we'll see him getting called up to uh, Omaha here soon. So well, be interesting if he does get called up too. That, that Omaha's has kind of a log jam as yeah. far as I mean they, they've got a lot of guys none of them are like top super top prospects but they're all pretty useful players I mean he if if he gets up you know moved up to Omaha you know Cuthbert's already there at third maybe Cuthbert, Cuthbert can play some first base but then you got Balbino Fuenmayor yeah uh, the outfield is pretty crowded right now with uh, Travis Snyder and um, Jose Rick Martinez out there Eibner yeah, I mean, and yeah. uh, Jose with, Martinez so I, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with all these yeah, or Nora Bonifacio. Yeah. Bonifacio. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Sure. Is it Bonifacio or Bonifacio? I always say Bonifacio. I mean, I, I don't know. I always say Bonifacio. Yeah, okay. sure. I struggle yeah. with that in the Facebook chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, prob- it's probably it's pro- probably Bonifacio. Yeah. It's not Italian, Josh. It's, yeah. it's Salvador Perez. Oh, gosh. Perez. All right. Well, uh, well, and 
And and you mentioned that, but I think Travis Snyder is probably a guy that yeah is, is either going to opt out or get DFA'd. Here. I don't think the organizations, you know, we, we got Travis Snyder here, guys. We, yeah, we no, can't. no, a lot of those guys will probably be yeah. flushed out. But I'm just, I'm just kind of and Jose Martinez yeah. hasn't really hit. Yeah, the way yeah, he hit last year. I mean, he's pretty expendable at this point. Yeah, and the the thing that I think is interesting about Hunter Dozier is that if you if you get rid of if you get rid of um, his time, his previous time in Double A, his WRC plus by like by uh, level is like it goes one thirty five, one thirty five, one seventeen, one thirty six, and now two hundred. Yeah, the dude is hit. <laughs> so it's it's not like this this sudden like success is coming out of nowhere. Sure. Now the what's coming out of nowhere currently is just the straight amount of power that yeah. he's displayed because his. Like his, if I mean, if you exclude 2015, his previous high in home runs for a season was seven. Seven, yeah. And he's already hit seven this year. Yeah, he had some fours. I mean, he had, yeah. I mean, he, and of course, you know, he played in Wilmington. You know, and Idaho Falls is actually, or the Pioneer mm-hmm. League is actually, from what I recall, pretty good hitters park. So yeah, I mean, he's yeah. had some good times where he should be able to. And then even last year, I mean, he played 500. Played appearances in Texas yeah. League, which is a pretty good hitters league for the most part, and he struggled. I don't know what he hit like four or five last year. Um, so that's something that, yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest encouraging sign is walk rate and power. Um, and I mean, worst case scenario, honestly, I think his worst case scenario is that he's he's um, just a utility. I mean, he he could be Christian Cologne. Just he you know might not be able to play shortstop every day, but he's Christian Cologne or he's Chester Cuthbert. Where yeah, there's at least kind of a floor of a guy who could play third base, could play second base, shortstop. You know, can play middle infield a bit and is at least a power bat um, off the bench. So there's something to to think with him that is at least enjoyable enough. Yeah, and worst comes to worst, uh, Kendris Morales isn't guaranteed for next year. Yeah. It's a mutual option. Yeah, um, and I mean, at this point, they I don't think the Royals are going to pick it up. So. Yeah, yeah, those <laughs> things basically never get uh, pulled. Yeah. So, okay. So. Anyway, something to think about. So, yeah. Well, guys, we knew this. Like I said, we knew this was not going to be the most fun podcast, and it's probably going to be our shortest one ever. Here, anything else we kind of want to talk about? Or I know we left our listeners with quite an extended break. Uh, no, for not for any particular reason. I like to say our lives. We were, you know, living them to the fullest, but I really don't think that's the case, um, at least in my part. So, anything else you guys can think of? Any kind of hot topics? Oh uh, well, the draft's coming up, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure the next time we we meet, we'll have some uh, hot, you know, hot takes on the draft. Even though the Royals, but they don't have a pick for the first uh, 60, round and a half, sixty seventh overall. I want to say is the first pick. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. You know, there's probably some other guys that want at least keep yeah. an eye on in the first round, and then there's a couple local kids. Yeah. That, are going to play in the first, you know, probably get taken in the first round. So, yeah, you know, that'd definitely be kind of interesting. Too. Yeah, um, I'm going to have um, maybe in two weeks or so, just in case you don't podcast by then, listeners, uh, I'm probably going to do, I've got some uh, ideas percolating for the Royals um, draft-wise as far as some strategies I think would be kind of cool that they should do, especially since yeah. they, I don't think they picked this late in a very, very long time. Um, so that's something that kind of will be interesting at least. Um, so that's one thing to look out for, I guess. But yeah, draft's coming up. Um, Josh, <laughs> kind of, what do you think? Um, any big topics, or you feel pretty no, satisfied? Nothing really. I mean, yeah. as far as the draft goes, I think there's, at least for me, I think there's probably like two or three guys that are probably above everybody else, and then, but the Royals aren't going to get anywhere close. to yeah, being able to pick any. I mean, it's it's really Jason Groom and Riley Pint, and then probably eh, Corey Ray. Yeah, and Ray's been kind of slacking. So it's I yeah. mean it's Groom. Basically, mm-hmm. it's who's going to beat Groom at, at this point uh, right, for the most yeah. part. So, but there is a couple of awesome names <laughs> in the draft this year. Yeah. AJ Puck. Yeah, Mick, Mickey Moniak. So it's uh, Forrest Whitley. Yeah. Braxton Garrett, you know, it's it's got the on the on the twenty eighty for names. It's uh, probably a stronger draft than Mo- Cal Quantrill. Yeah, um, Sky. No, yeah, Sky. Sky Bolt. I think Sky Bolt. No, not Sky Bolt. There's a guy that the Royals were going to take a few years back. He went ended up going to Nebraska. I'm blanking on his name. Um, anyways, but yeah, there are oh, um, definitely some good names going on there. And then, uh, uh, 
so yeah, I guess we'll kind of come up with that. Um, I'd like to at some point. Uh, fi- or the tournament's coming up. I'd like to go see. I've seen Pint um, a few times before. I saw him last year. Um, I'd like to see him. So maybe Royals review outing. We might go see you know Pint at some point there, listeners. If if you guys would enjoy that. So mm-hmm. well, not Josh. Josh won't be there. I won't. Unless for some reason Pint plays in uh, Georgia in the, in the next you know <laughs> few weeks. I don't know why, but. Anyways. Yeah, unless he goes to some kind of, uh, you know, NAIA tournament or something. Yeah, or the perfect, I don't think the perfect game or Under Armour game is I'll be too class. busy watching the Savannah Bananas. Is that a team? Yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> no. I think it's an independent, like, independent Coast League team. It's like the Kansas City T-Bones. Oh, the, that's a great that's name. That's a great name. That's a plus, yeah. plus name. Yeah, you're... Yeah, S- Savannah Bananas is a... Uh, Do they have are yellow they, jerseys? Are they all yellow? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yellow and green trim. <laughs> so the yellow, the yellow is, is, it's not, it's not yellow like the, uh, Oakland Athletics. It's more, yeah. it's, it's closer to a straight yellow or even oh, okay. like a, a, a semi neon almost even though it's not, you know, as extreme as that. And then they, they go with some, uh, green trim and, uh, navy blue is oh. their other color. Okay. So my, my freshman year. At Blue Valley High School, we were all yellow, <laughs> like the '79 Pirates. It was we yeah. called ourselves the Bananas because it was pretty ridiculous thing to wear. <laughs> yeah, it was Ryan Bolt, by the way, Sky Bolt's brother. Sky Bolt. <laughs> um, it's his brother Ryan. There you go. I, I, I put a link for the for the shirt and in, in chat for you. Oh, cool. All right, guys. So, well, um, we have you know fulfilled the obligation, as Carson Sestouli would say on his podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> excellent. Well. Uh, definitely, if you guys uh, want to check out the site, as always, worldsreview.com. Um, you can follow Max on Twitter at uh, it's just M-A-X-R-I-E-P-R, R-I-E-P-E-R, right, Max Reaper? Correct. And then, Josh, I, I always forget yours. Josh, what's your Twitter? <laughs> it's, yeah. It is uh, at J underscore K underscore yeah. W-A-R-D. Right. That's what I was thinking. It's that easy. Okay, cool. And I'm Sean Core on Twitter. Um Again, Hashtag Sean Cord. Yep, let's get that trending. Uh, anyways, so thanks for listening, guys, uh, and have many, many uh, good nights. <laughs>